Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Howdy, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Rob of the Movie Rob Minute, formerly known as The Great Escape Minute. And I'm Todd from the Forgotten Film Cast. And we're here to talk about episode 75. So we're going to be finishing off the week. So hopefully everyone's enjoyed everything that we've talked about earlier this week up until today. Now we're at Friday. So this episode, Minute 75, begins with Jake backing away from danger and goes all the way to the point where we see Payton looking at Stella. So as we've discussed the last two minutes, the last two episodes, basically we're, we've been dealing with all this tension in the saloon between Hutch and Tyree. Just kidding. Just Tyree. Tyree and Payton. <laughs> just, just getting that Star Wars reference in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so we have all this tension between Tyree and Payton because Tyree wants to actually shoot both Payton and Jake, who, as we start this minute, basically backs away and gets out of there. He leaves the saloon. And then Tyree turns to, to Peyton and says in a very angry way, I should have killed you a long time ago. At this point, Peyton takes the gun that he's been holding on, on Tyree, and he uncocks it, spins it around, and hands it over to him, which I, he does in a very, very fluid way. And I, I love yes. the way that he did it. I mean, you, you definitely can see that Kevin Klein had to practice that quite yeah. a long time in order to get that right. I wonder how many takes they needed for that. Yeah, I think this is the best moment of this minute. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, it's, uh, it, you know, not to say there's not other things in this minute we're talking about, but, uh, you know, I, I like the way this one begins. I like the, the, the line, I should have killed you long ago. It kind of plays into that thing we were talking about on a uh, few of the previous episodes where there's this, unspoken history between these two characters. We know bits and pieces of it, but we don't know the whole thing. So, you know, here, this is kind of, uh, you know, another hint at there's, there's some bad blood between these guys and they both probably wanted to kill each other several times, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it would have been nicer if we got a little bit more of a background between what really happened between them, because even the story with the dog, which, which we mentioned earlier in the week and is probably being discussed, in much more detail at some other point. But beyond that, we don't really get that much information as to what exactly happened between them, you know, between Cobb and Tyree and Payton and things like that. So it would have been nice to have a little bit more development of their history. But on the other hand, I think it's nice that, you know, when, when we first see Payton in this movie, which they must have talked about months ago, you know, he's basically stripped of everything. So he's he's given to us as a character with no past. So just giving us these little bits and pieces also says says a lot about it. All, all this stuff that we don't know about his past, that we have just bits and pieces of, that's, that's the little nuggets that then get turned into a prequel that gets made 30, 40 years later. I mean, Kasdan's done it before. Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, so who knows? Maybe <laughs> in a couple of years we get, uh, we get a prequel with these two characters Aiden. and we see what, uh, <laughs> what the, uh, 
what their relationship was. You know, they take the Kessel run. Who knows? You never know. And then they, they talk about whether parsecs are time or, or distance. Exactly. You know, trying to figure those things out. So Peyton's response to, to Tyrese after he says, I should have killed you long ago, says, well, why not now? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says this with a lot of confidence, you know. And at this point, you Slick, who is sitting at the card table, slowly moves his hand down to his boot. And Jeff Goldblum, who plays Slick, then starts fingering the knife in his boot. Now, I, I love this because, I mean, having seen the movie beforehand, before I watched it this time, it, to me, it was foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the whole yeah. the whole idea of, of Chekhov's gun type of thing. You know, the fact that, that they're showing us that he has this knife in his boot is going to come up again later. Absolutely. And I like the fact that it I like the fact that it comes up even twice later. It doesn't even come up just once. Yeah. So that, that, that works really well. Well, and I don't know. I like the way that Goldblum does it in this scene. You know, I mean, Goldblum doesn't have any dialogue in this sequence, if I remember correctly, right? He doesn't have yeah. any dialogue. Yeah, we don't get him all, all week. We, we, we just got to see him this one time. Yeah. We got to see him yesterday and we got to see him today. And, and that's it. He, no dialogue. He just has this great expression on his face you know that they cut away from he, just the way he seems to be looking at the situation and analyzing it he's got this his eyes are so wide and he's got this i i don't want to i don't want to you know make it sound like i'm insulting mr jeff goldblum because i love him but when I, was, I was looking at it i was like he looks like a lizard he looks like a lizard that's sitting there like calculating things you know for some reason uh that was the image i got in my mind and um i don't know i mean goldblum is a, is an actor who who does a lot of interesting things with his face and such and I, I i think this is this is a sequence that is a great example of that yeah and and i like the way that that throughout this the most of this movie you don't know whose side he's on yeah you don't know if if he's on, on who he's siding and and when you think about it that way when he's fingering his knife now, is he touching the knife in order to to try and stop Peyton or to try and stop Tyree? Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's something that, that that obviously we never find out, but but we know that he is getting ready to to become involved during this this confrontation between these two characters. Mm-hmm. So I I really like the way that they they did that because you know they they slowly show us that you know, you know we get to see something else going on during this this confrontation argument between the, the two of them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love the way that, that Peyton doesn't even flinch because, you know, here he gives Tyree back the gun. He takes it and then he himself cocks it and puts it under, under Peyton's chin. And he's holding it there that he, if he wants to, you know, all these dudes pull the trigger and that's it. Bye bye Peyton. And there's that element to it, which, I mean, you often get it in Westerns where you get the impression that the character would be um, okay with it either way. Like, you know, of course he wants to live, but there's also a part of you that goes, I wonder if he really wants to die. You know what I mean? I mean, you get that in Westerns from time to time where they, you know, like they have a death wish or something like that. And um, I don't know. There's a little hint of that here. Right. I don't know if, I don't know if Peyton has a death wish, but he, he wants their he 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 seems as if he's trying to turn over a new leaf, and he basically is saying to himself that if that doesn't work out, then there's no reason for me to be here. Right. I, I right. think that's what it comes down to. And then Stella yeah. screams at, at and says, "Don't do it, Tyree. I just lost a partner. If you kill him, I'll never get another, anyone to work here." 
<laughs> she's all about the money again. She's exactly. a businesswoman, you know. <laughs> she's watering down the whiskey and she's thinking about, you know, having to to you know to put do it all on Craigslist. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> want to do that. She's she doesn't want to have to run the place by herself. It's definitely true. I mean, I, I like the way that, that you know that you, you know who played her her recently deceased partner, right? Oh shoot. I just watched it yesterday. I'm trying to remember. Richard Jenkins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Jenkins. Okay. Yeah. Who, who? It still shocks me whenever I see him in movies from these because I, I think of him. He only became more popular within the last decade or so, where where you yeah. can actually recognize it. But then I've seen him in some movies from 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 the 80s that that I say, wow, I can't believe that he was in those movies. Like he was in Stealing Home. Did you ever see Stealing Home? Yeah. With mm-hmm. with uh, Mark uh, Harmon. Jo- Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster and Mark Harmon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in Sea of Love. He was in uh, Little Nikita, The Witches of Eastwick, The Manhattan Project, Hannah and Her Sisters. Oh, I love The Manhattan Project. That's yeah, that was, the one that where the kid movie. makes uh, builds an atomic bomb for his yeah. science project. Yeah, pretty love much. Love that so, one. So yeah, I, I I love seeing him in movies from the '80s, where you just well, never would have thought that he would be there. And that's the thing about this movie, you know. I mean, the cast is just so so dense with you know not only these big names that we recognize you know all the time kevin klein and kevin costner and danny glover and scott glenn but then you've got all these other folks in these supporting roles that are those ones that you just go oh it's that guy you know from from brian dennehy to to richard jenkins to brian james to Jeff Fahey, to Lynn Whitfield, you know, all these folks that are, you know, these folks that maybe aren't your household names, but you go, oh, I love that person in this other movie. You know, right. there's there's so many of those folks in this movie. Yeah, I mean, James James Gammon is in this. I love him, you know, from Major League. Uh-huh. And my, my favorite sort of, I guess you can call it a cameo in this movie because he has a very short role, small role, is, is Earl Hindman. Do you remember who mm-hmm. that is? Yeah, yeah. He was Tim the Toolman's neighbor. He's Wilson. He's, he's yeah. You only see you only see, you only see you know half his face most That's of the right. time. Yeah. And but he also was in. He's in one well, of my favorite movies. He was in uh, the the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. He he played Mister Allen. Oh, wonderful, wonderful yes. movie, wonderful movie. Well, and and the one name that always grabs me as I look through the supporting cast in this um, is uh, Sheb Woolley. Of course, is uh, you know which is a a name that I go back to from my days uh, as a youth listening to the Dr. Demento show. Uh, Cause he's the guy that did the purple people eater song, which of course got a lot of airplay on the Dr. Demento show. Uh, yeah. You got me on that one. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> yeah. The purple, purple I've heard of it. One heard of it. One horse yeah, line, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it, but I never yeah. would have made that connection. That, that's what I'm saying. And we also, you know, earlier in the movie, there were, there were scenes with John Cleese. So yeah. in a dramatic role, <laughs> Uh, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> I think his I think his role is pretty yeah. funny. Okay, this but one. I love I love his line. My jurisdiction today, ends here. <laughs> today, my jur- jur- jurisdiction ends here. Yeah, I mean, I think I heard that that because of his work with Kevin Klein in this movie, he decided to to cast him in a fish called Wanda. Ah, and which got Kevin Klein a, an Academy that's right. Award. That's right. So we 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 continue yeah. with everything that's going here. You have Peyton with a gun under his chin. Stella is trying to st- stop Tyree from shooting him. And Tyree's response is basically, well, you better start looking. <laughs> Meaning, at some point, I am going to shoot this guy. 
and we then he uncocks the gun <laughs> and walks away. And then we get to see Phoebe once again. Yay, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> As we discussed yesterday, uh, Amanda Amanda Wynn. Amanda, Amanda Wiss. Wiss, yeah. Wiss, 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 excuse me. And so she she just like looks looks down at that what's going on here. And then the the two deputies standing that were standing behind Jake earlier before he left. So one of them pulls the gun from his from his breast pocket and uncocks it, meaning he was ready to actually shoot someone. Mm-hmm. And then the the other deputy smiles and they both walk away. And then we see yes. Flick move his hand away from his boot. So he no longer needs his knife. And then he turns his chair back towards the table and continues, resumes his card game. And I love the way he turns his chair back to the table. It's very much like, all right, well, that's done. And zoom back, back to business here. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty cool. Trouble's over. Let's go. Let's get back to cards. Now, I I think he should probably be very suspicious that someone might've touched his cards or touched his chip, something like that. (laughs) throughout this this, this whole ordeal because he's not looking at the table well and of course you know what else happens here you know you you mentioned everybody else kind of goes back to things you know the deputies go you know put their guns away go back to that jeff goldblum turns his chair around goes back to the card game and that and then of course in true western fashion the piano starts up playing because it's like (laughs) an unwritten rule that when you have a brawl in the saloon in a Western, like the piano stops playing. And then when everything is done, the piano just starts back in again. And, you know, it's like, you know, did they have like training courses for old West piano players that, you know, when those are the right time to stop playing the piano. And then, you know, when things are okay to start playing the piano again, you know, this is like a, a course that they have to take in order to become a, an old West saloon piano player. Wow. I never thought about that. that that's great. <laughs> I, I didn't even pay attention. I see. I've, I've seen so many Westerns where that happens that to me, it's just, it's automatic. You know, it's, it's, they're just getting out the, the sound during the course of, of the confrontation and then it just starts <laughs> up again. So yeah, you're hundred yeah. percent right. And while this is all happening, we get to see Ray played by Whitfield. She, she mm-hmm. looked on suspiciously, you know, he, once, once again, this, this gives us a little bit of, of a hint as to where her real devotion lies. Yes. And I, but we're not sure. And I want to say at this point, just because it's our only opportunity to, to talk about it, you know, we talked about, so many great actors and actresses in this movie. I had totally forgotten that Lynn Whitfield was in this and she's great in this movie. It's a small part, but I really like her presence in this and the dynamic that she has with Danny Glover, the dynamic she has with Jeff Goldblum. Um, I think she's a, she's a small part of this film, but a great addition, I would say. Yeah. And one of the things also is, is that, at this point, she tries to walk away from people and Slick here grabs her arm mm-hmm. and keeps her there. Now, in the, the script, it's not mentioned at all because they, it, it's very interesting. It's very concise what they say after after Tyree says, better start looking. So it says he goes out. Garth and Kyle follow. Phoebe hurries away from Stella's hard look. Slick relaxes. The piano kicks in. There you go, Todd. You, you got yeah, yeah. You, you You picked up on what was in the script. Uh-huh. And then it says Peyton leans across uh, against the bar towards Stella. So that, and then Stella says to him, she looks at him and says, "You really are a gambler, aren't you?" Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how this minute ends. So I mean, I, I, it's interesting the way that I mean, we we discussed earlier about the fact that maybe 
he doesn't care about his life or whatever it is, but maybe this is for him part of his thrills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that he needs to, to, he wants to be in control of the situation and he's willing to, to take chances in order to, to keep it that way. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. So you got anything else for, for this minute? I think we've covered it. I mean, we've done, we've done five minutes here and it was, it was pretty good. We had, uh, we had, you know, parties, we had, had pigs getting killed. We had, uh, a, a showdown at the, at the saloon. We, we, uh, we, we, we covered a lot of Western ground here. Yeah, completely. Now, when, when, I mean, we've mentioned a few times over the course of the week about Lawrence Kasdan. Now he actually, if, if you look at a lot of his movies, he keeps re- recasting a lot of his, the same actors in, yep. in numerous movies of his, you know, for instance, Bader is also Kevin Costner. The bodyguard is also Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner obviously had a, a a small role that that ended up on on the cutting room floor in the big chill but right. he also works with kevin klein besides in silverado have, he I'm actually is in one of one of my favorite movies grand canyon have you ever seen grand canyon i have never seen grand canyon Ooh, i love that movie it actually has my favorite movie quote in there where steve martin says to kevin klein you know that's your problem you don't see enough movies all of life's <laughs> riddles are answered in the movies and to me, that that's a great quote. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, uh, you know, Goldblum. Goldblum's in The Big Chill as well, uh, uh, you know, as well as this film. And I know he's used, um, you know, William Hurt many times. He's not in this, in Silverado. Well, he's, he's in, in The Accent of the Curse. Yeah, yeah. I Love You to Death. That's, that's a wild one. Have you ever seen I Love You to Death? <laughs> uh, years and years ago. I haven't seen it since, yeah. since it came out. No. I got a lot of respect for Kasdan. I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's done a lot of good stuff, uh, you know, as a director himself, and of course, you know, res- uh, responsible in certain ways for for several of the iconic films of of my youth. I mean, uh, you know, just just the fact that he wrote the screenplay of my favorite movie of all time, The Empire Strikes Back, uh, makes him makes him aces in my book. So, <laughs> all right, well, that'll bring to a wrap our week here on the Silverado Minute podcast. Everyone can go and catch previous episodes or future episodes of the Silverado Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or you can go to the main site, silveradominute.com. If you want to try and find the show on social media, you can catch them on Twitter at SilveradoMXM or on Facebook at the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon. Just want to remind everyone that if you go to the MoveByMinute.com website, you can find hundreds upon hundreds of other podcasts that look at movies movies by minute. As of last count, I think there were 210. But by the time this, this gets released, who knows how many there will be. Maybe maybe that number will, will double or triple or quadruple. No, I'm just kidding. At, at least 200, nice. 211. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I'm Rob from Movie Rob Minute which was formerly known as The Great Escape Minute. Right now we're on our second season. We're right now dealing with planes, trains, and automobiles, where we actually started around the same time that, that this podcast started. So we should be in the 70s somewhere. I think today we're at episode 75 on, on, on that show too. So it's never too late to catch up there and catch all those episodes that you missed of the planes, trains, and automobiles movie by minute show. And pretty soon we'll come out with season three, hopefully.
which I'll, I'll keep a secret for now. And uh, my name is Todd. Uh, my podcast is the Forgotten Filmcast. It's not a movies by minute podcast, but we do discuss in depth movies that uh, are a bit off the radar. Uh, what I call the movies that time forgot. Uh, so there are many episodes of that that you can check out. Uh, through all the various places that you look for podcasts. And you can also check out my blog, which is called Forgotten Films. It's at ForgottenFilmCast.wordpress.com. All right. And once again, we want to thank Jim O'Kane for, for putting this all together. This is his fifth time putting together a Movies by Minute collaborative show. And uh, I know I can speak for myself and, and for Todd that we're very happy that, that we were able to take part here. I had a lot of fun this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed all the other weeks for this and that you'll continue listening to the show and hopefully jim will will decide you know not to retire and do another one next year who knows everyone everyone loves the way that jim does these things so please keep doing it it's a lot of fun please come back on monday where you'll have another crew take a look at the next five minutes have a great weekend and yeehaw yeehaw movies project number five it's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. <laughs>